You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the 43rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in lovely Mobile, Alabama. Joined, as always, in uh, little guy Matt Allen in Minneapolis, and then in the ice planet of Hoth, Spencer Howe. Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, we, are, we are buried under a whole lot of snow, and I don't have a fat bike. So sad. You're going to need a fat bike. I'll hear your tires. Are they... They're just like half half the fast bike, two point one. I yeah, I have a mountain bike with regular tires, like yeah, two point twos or something. I don't know. Not enough. Yeah, it's a sad situation over here. And um, but, super uh, sad. So, little guy, when we left last week, the, one of the main topics of conversation was the bike swap. So, can we get a little bit of a update? I heard there are some sweet clines there. I saw a cline. I don't know about many clients, but I did see one client and it went past me and I was I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy was leaving with it and then I saw it had a sticker that only said one seventy five on it and I was a little pained by that. Um <laughs> it sold but I for don't need another client. It sold for a hundred and fifty. It was a, to, it was a just a frame. For, I know. It sold for hundred and fifty to a bike shop here in Pensacola, Florida. He had what? someone on the there was market. A guy in, <laughs> What? Wait, who sent? Does this shop send people around to other uh, to many swaps to get no, these his, deals? His brother-in-law lives in uh, Minnesota and went and took a picture of the client and sent it to this guy who has a bunch of clients. Ah, like, uh, oh, that's the dude. That's the client dude you're talking about. The one time yeah. was that I didn't get to look at it. Was it a was it a post track piece of crap or was it an actual client? I think it was an actual client. I think it was an attitude. <laughs> I or saw. Attitude. Okay, cool. It was, it was an attitude, not an altitude. <laughs> so what'd you get, little guy? What, cool. What was the story? Um, I got, what did I get? I got, uh, well, so let me say right off the bat, I made $3. So that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Okay. You didn't and lose so money. That doesn't, it doesn't sound good, yeah. But as you guys will both know from going to swaps with me, I always lose a lot of money. Between <laughs> like 100 and like $300 is the usual, even when I go in with the best of intentions. So I was really yes. frugal this year. I sold a couple things, and I, uh, I bought some brakes I don't need. I bought a front derailleur I don't need. I brought a front skewer that's really titanium and light and from the 90s. I don't need that. Um, did I buy anything I need? I bought a cassette that I actually need, and uh, that might be it. Did you buy a um, VHS tape? I didn't see any VHS tapes. I saw it. Now, what? Spencer, I looked at this one table because I saw the 95 tour on DVD, and I thought, hey, maybe the 97 will be in there. I didn't see it unless maybe somebody else had come and got it earlier in their chronological order. Maybe it didn't pull already. I didn't see any VHS tapes for sale. So I think I think that's over. I think they might have already all met their home, their final resting place or been thrown owner. away. All the owners have finally died. Yeah, probably. 
you know, speaking speaking of VHS tapes, last time I was back in Minneapolis, and something that a lot of our listeners also know about is the historical catalog world cycling productions is completely the building is completely empty the sign is is gone it was completely shut down really i don't know if world cycling productions is still around the pro shop and everything in that warehouse was now gone and that was i mean Hmm. i've dumpstered a lot of great stuff out of that uh my first bibs are out of that trash can (laughs) was was the warehouse actually empty though or did they just close the storefront like it's if the warehouse was still full, then, you know, I would be shocked because the building just started to look dilapidated. Like there was nothing on the inside. What about Pastor Industries on the other side? They got to keep that place up. Yeah, that looked good, but like kind of the inside. It's a world side <laughs> introduction. One half the building just fell down. This is, uh, <laughs> split right this is my introduction to the uh, bicycle industry, man. That's where I forgot, got my first uh, warehouse gig. Uh, shipping bike yeah. junk out to people. Well, World Cycling Productions, uh, friends of people on trainers everywhere. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, after that, it was pretty much it. Uh, we have so many videos between us of World Cycling Productions. Yeah. I remember always buying uh, the stuff in the catalog, and it was yep. really, really worth it. I have some great DVD collections. Yeah. I love it, DeLuca. <laughs> Thanks, World Cycling Productions. Um, <laughs> so the other big news as far as, uh, I guess it's Minnesota-related, but Deadspin, the big psych, the big uh, sports website, did a really classic hit piece on the Super Bowl that was written. <laughs> that was really brilliant. We'll link it in our um, show notes. But, but what's the Super Bowl? Well, the writer just Wait, goes. You after, really, like, you really like that, cats. huh? What really is it? Do. I don't know what it is. Well, the Super Bowl, Spencer. Thanks for asking. Is a long-running alley cat race in Minnesota, in which you're supposed to go to bars. But apparently the organizers this year just decided to put it into people's backyards and the porches and wherever. Tim, Tim well, when was the last cat? time you were at Super Bowl? Well, I think what, – what are they on this year? What year number are they on? 18? 18. 18, I think. Okay, I think the last Super Bowl I was at was 11. <laughs> 11. So old man Hayes is really mad that Super Bowl isn't exactly like it was when he did it way back in the aughts. Well, my favorite part about this article is that they said <laughs> – <laughs> Alley Cat Racing jumped the shark. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, Alley Cat Racing jumped the shark when Spencer and I put it on and just really ruined the whole thing. But, you know, yeah, fun time. It's, it's jumped the shark a long time ago. But So, anyways, Deadspin wrote this article. So if you're an old ornery bike messenger or someone into Alley Cat Racing, you should totally read it. Because oh. It's a horribly written article, but it really oh, gets no. its point across. It's I totally disagree. I disagree. I thought that article was pretty good. Well, it's a good article, but it's not really – like they could really it's not, have fleshed out another couple thousand words. It's not a journalistic <laughs> article. Let's let's put it this way. But uh, it does – it does capture a lot of the horrible, horrible fashion sense among the uh, bike commuter culture. Uh, it also captures the shitty attitudes that a lot of the cool kids bike clubs have towards outsiders. You know, this is all yeah. – this is all on point. This stuff was good. Um, you know, the author – didn't really like uh, bikers, and that was clear. And if you kind of read through, you know, past that, um, you know, you got to some some things maybe cycling culture needs to uh, address. I, yeah. I actually agree with you. What I was not a friendly place. It was not exactly the. It's just that the article had is right on the precipice of being one of the best written things ever, and it just kind of. It kind of failed. Just a teeny. I don't think it was on that. I just needed a little bit of editing. I don't think it was on that tipping point. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, I know you were a, an educator for uh, middle school kids, so maybe that's where you're you're coming from here with the uh, with the analogy there. But um, I was you give it a B studies. plus, Tim. You know, was, it's almost in it. I was a social studies teacher. It was all about the content, not about the actual writing skills. I see. So, I see. So the other thing that we talked about last week was the dark horses, and uh, Spencer, you had a nice dark horse dark horse pick. Um, that came through with a victory last week. Sure did. Um, so I you know, guess you're going to have to need to pick a new rider. <laughs> well, what's funny like is was with my sprinter picks, I I I, uh, I called out um, the Sky Sprinter, the new Sky Sprinter, you know, as as my dark horse, and and he pulls off the victory. But I was really torn between choosing him or choosing uh, between Viviani and. Uh, and uh, Rojas as my dark horse, you know, guys who are up there always six to 10th. And then he won the next day. So I was like, man, I really couldn't have gone wrong. So, what is it through the years, Spencer, with you always liking these cut rate Spanish sprinters? Rojas, that, uh, Ventoso. V guy, Ventosa. Ven- yes. Ventoso. You could, you could barely wait to spit it out. Ventosa. Oh, I love Ventosa. He's still sprinting. He's still up there. Well, I'm He's not, like Rojas' no, lead out guy. He probably is. Yes. Yeah. He, he, well, I don't. I don't know what your love of these second-rate sprinters are, but you do well, love them. being a second-rate cyclist himself. You know, he has a lot to relate <laughs> with. You know, he just could never get to the top Sick. step. So, oh. so, so in talking about these dark horses, um, one of the things we did talk about was uh, Dan Craven as being. Mm. It's pretty much. I think at this point, guys, he's now our adopted rider of the year. Um, he's gotten to well, us a couple times on Twitter. And uh, he's he's a slow ride BFF. Yeah. Let's just let's just put that right out there. I mean, we totally got an endorsement from uh, Dan Craven last week. Um, we tweeted him. We said, uh, you know, at Dan from Nam, how excited are you to appear on the Slow Ride Pod, both knowingly or unknowingly? And he said, not as excited as I am to wear my national championship jersey, but still excited which I'm pretty sure that's an endorsement for our podcast. So before you know it, Dan from Nam will be on the podcast. We're working on it. Maybe start a Kickstarter fund to get him here for Richmond 2016, in which he can be the VIP of the foam party. And uh, we'll get uh, Dan from Dan from Nam on the uh, pod. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, I like it. He did tweet we'll us right our beard away. ratio. He did tweet us right away and said, hey, guys, thanks for the vote of confidence. I look forward to my 78th placings being rated, to which we've already kind of upped the ante for him and told him we expect top 65s every race. Yeah. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan, Dan from Nam. I think a better goal, better goal is getting Tommy Vogler across the line first. It is. But then he can get 65th. Like what kind of questions should we ask Dan from Nam? Well, you know, listeners can always uh, tweet us at the slow ride pod to let us know. Um, there's definitely some good ones. There has to be a question there about Tommy Vokler's tongue. Um, if not, I would be a little bit. <laughs> so let the we'll right. figure out how we're going to word that. <laughs> and also, last week we did ask for uh, people to send in if they have any pictures of Carlos Betancourt, my dark horse. He's going to come back and uh, win. We did get a uh, <coughs> excuse me. We did get a picture from Taylor Jones. Jay Taylor Jones uh, tweeted us, and he said, "Here is Betancourt in action at the Tour de San Luis." San Louis and judge for yourself. And it looks like that he is about five Big Macs short of a 
franchise. I, I don't oh, you almost that. nailed that one. <laughs> oh, oh, you want to try again? You want to try it again? I, I don't know. How should I do Five Big Macs short of a family meal. He okay, okay. looks um, like he's about five uh, Big Macs short of a happy meal. There we go. That's a weird happy meal. Have you ever been to McDonald's? <laughs> of the three of us, I think I'm the only one that still maybe goes to McDonald's every now and then. Yes. <laughs> he looks um he looks a little heavy. I'll give him that. But I think I think he's gonna be good. I think you're right in picking him. He uh, does look a little bit like he's uh uncomfortable on that bike. <laughs> well, you know, uh the bike, the bike needs to be uh, extra strong for him right now. There's lots of extra layers of carbon. On the uh, and the a couple extra wraps. But, yeah, um, smaller so, frame for stiffer, for the extra weight, and he'll move up in the season. That makes sense. So yeah, um, and then uh, one final one on the uh, tweet that we did get from at uh, Killer Sim Double Zero said the Slow Ride Pod. How much do you think I can sell at Spencer Howe for at the swap? Might need to fund a new mountain bikes purchase. And since Spencer, you can't answer this question, uh, little guy, how much do you think Spencer could get at a bike swap? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of think it's Spencer's kind of like selling a track bike. It's kind of hard these days to sell a track bike at the swap. You know, it's kind of jumped the shark a little bit. So maybe two, maybe 300. I don't know. Depends on the track what? bike, but I, I do get the reference. Um, <laughs> definitely a KHS at this point. He's got those um, press dropouts. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah. <laughs> Two, three hundred bucks, maybe. Um, yes, well, and you know, he's got that goofy 650 front. I'm, I'm, I'm vintage now, though. <laughs> no, you're right in that gray area where you're not quite vintage, but you're not quite, you're not quite new. You know, it's like, yeah, it'll be okay, but it's not really worth it. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of gray area there. This is uh, oh, <laughs> it's getting there. Okay, so um, terrible. You did want to talk yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, we have a lot to cover today. Uh, one of the things you wanted to talk about oh, yeah. is this uh, this race in France, the Toile, uh, ended in some protests and kind of how all this goes together. Uh, take it away. Well, there's yeah, there's some. There were some protests at some French races this week, um, protesting the weather, and that kind of goes in with the uh, North American Cyclers Wait. Rider Union that just got uh, recognized was by this, the larger rider union. This is rider yes, protests, or this is uh, like the union farmers blocking the road protests? Like we're no, used to it was rider protests. They were protesting the cold. You know, okay. The, those rider protests, are, or the, the farmer protests, are always my favorite. Because there's always that classic photo of uh, uh, what's his name uh, Hino punching the farmer in the face or whatever the protesters. Classic. It, there's, Very classic. Uh, there's nothing like a good old fashioned 35 workout, 35 hour work week French protest. <laughs> They're pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, yep. yeah. I don't think that's exactly what the riders were protesting, but yeah, it was interesting. The riders, the rider union, um, they had a few few stated goals. They wanted to, you know. Be have a better relations for they can talk about the you know working conditions and advocate for better pay and various things. But the thing I was really worried about, you know, I think I think it's generally a good thing for the sport. But the problem is, a um, bunch of good American riders on the board and presidency. You got Christian Vandeveld who just retired, but T.J. Van Garderen, enemy of the podcast, is on the board, and we know <laughs> that that means anytime it's below 50 degrees and possibly raining and there might be a cobblestone they're gonna have to cancel the stage now 
There's going to be three guys sticks. standing around watching one guy ride a bike. The other one's <laughs> leaning on shovels. It's going ru- to ruin it for everybody. So are you saying that like if there's too many manhole covers on the road that T- TVG is going to go to the front of the pack and, and stop everybody and say this is probably this is inhumane? Probably. <laughs> Thankfully, there's some sensible crazy. human I'm beings fi- on that. I'm filing a grievance. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, it's hopefully it won't go that way. It's crazy to me that there hasn't been an organization that advocates for rider safety and for their pay grades and for their contracts and everything. Like it's insane that. Yeah. That well, there's the larger individually. There is the larger yeah. union, there's the larger one, but that's but there hasn't been like a North American branch, you know, a local, a local, <laughs> yeah. a large, a large local. The thing that gets me about these uh, riders' unions is that they still have a complete lack of power, even in Europe, because the, yeah. the way the contracts are structured. But then also, like, just look at the doping controls. There's no way that those the the doping controls that cyclists and track and field runners have to deal with would ever be allowed in any of the major sports here in the United States because of the unions and all oh, the protections. No. No. And it's like, yeah. man, it's, it's about time that they have this, but like you, I'm a little like hesitant on riders getting together to say they don't want to ride for like weather. Now uh, the racers remember also one of the, the folks behind the lack uh, they're against the race radios. And that was one of the things that really yeah. bothered me too, because so they're for race radios. Yeah. They're all about race radios. The they want them. It's because they're robots. And it's like, why can't they just have a race radio that just comes from the, the radio tour that says, hey, pothole, uh, you know, sandy inside corner or something. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. But uh, I am excited I, that there is a new union like to speak up for people. Yeah, it has some good ways. It, unfortunately, all the riders are robots. They're all made out of robotic things. Well, you know, in, in exciting news that's totally against uh, this uh TGV style uh, stop the tour because there's cobblestones and and uh, same with Cancelera and some of these other guys you know they kind of you know it's a little disheartening over the years but uh, I just read on the cycling news um, uh, some quotes from Quintana saying hey man bring them on bring on the cobbles I heard there's gonna be cobbles in the tour this year let's let's rock it and uh, that's that's just exciting. And he goes on to quote, you know, he's like, I've never ridden the cobbles, but my brother did. He said, they're not so bad. It's all about <laughs> positioning. So bring them on. I'm just going to smash these cobbles. And that's a grand tour contender. You know, he's not going there to, to get top 20 or top 15. Like he's trying to win. And, you know, contrasted to the frooms and the everything else last year, the whining, it's, it's yeah. really refreshing. And, and Quintana is all of a sudden my number one favorite for the tour now. Uh, well, I I wonder if he is actually Oops. the favorite on the betting lines because I mean, with the lack of time trials, you would have to think Quintana is definitely near the top. I mean, Grand Tour winner, and he's got that explosive yeah. climbing ability. But um, that's good. That, that is definitely going to be exciting. And I agree with you, Spencer. It's refreshing to see a rider not complain about something, not someone sitting there going, "Oh, there's too many time trials" or whatever. Like he's like, "Hey, this is the race. I'm going to go and I'm going to crush it." That is very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yep. Good old yep. uh, Quintana. Hey, can we just make an agreement now since Dan from Nam is an official, uh, almost like the fourth member of the Slow Ride podcast at this point. Um, can we just always include him on all of like, it's like the three of us always have to include him in our uh, Velo Games Fantasy Leagues for the tours. Like if he's racing, the three of us have to agree. We always have to include him. We um, each have to pick him. We each have to pick him. 
So he's going to get one less pick. <laughs> no, he's going to have some solid wins. He might. He but, might have solid wins. And he won't differentiate well, me and little guy already pick like six of the same guys somehow. Yeah, now that means we have seven. So that means me and Spencer only actually get one pick. <laughs> Crap. So, um, uh, uh, sure, so I'll pick the, him. The folks that maybe are, are newer listeners, though, to the show, they might not uh, be aware of this Velo Games uh, league that we did last year um, yeah. where we ran uh, a Slow Ride Pod league for Velo Games um, website uh, for the Giro, for the Tour de France, and for the Vuelta where all three of us individually chose our teams. And then there were, there were about 50 people uh, that participated. And um, amongst the three of us, we had a competition where uh, we had to see who could win or not. The only reason you're bringing this up, Spencer, is because you won all three times. So I'm just going to oh. cut you off right there because that's what you were I'm going so, for. So I'm so glad that you brought that but, up. But, but it's Tim, are you going to fix it's that actually, post? It's actually yes. not my point. My point was uh, regarding the team picks – was how for the final, me and little guy in the tour, I think we came down, we were neck and neck. Well, like I was first and he was second out of all 50 people. And we were expecting to be like, you know, wherever we finish in the pack compared to all these, all our fans who are much smarter than us. Um, turned out only Tim was, you know, in the league of our fans. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Spencer. Um, so Sorry, guys, fans. Yeah. <laughs> we did get lots of We love you the, guys. Over the course of the week. Uh, we did get a tweet uh, before we get on to the next subject. Um, Yehuda Moon, which is a comic strip based out of Cleveland, had a really good tweet the other day uh, at Yehuda Moon. And it all it said was, uh, you know, this is the new Alley Cat flyer that came in. And it's a picture of Fonzie from uh, Happy Days jumping Happy the days. shark. And it says, jumping the shark, Alley Cat, fat bikes only. And it was the greatest thing ever. So I can't wait. Uh, I hope we get a full report on the uh, fat bike Valley Cat in uh, Cleveland. So maybe Ryan Fisher or uh, Courier429 will be able to hit us up with what's uh, going on in Cleveland at the fat bike Alley Cat. I'm excited to hear that report. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 can, we can scoop fat bike radio and continue to dominate them in the iTunes charts. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh, Speaking of which, gentlemen, we did get um, two great reviews this past week. Uh, I would like to thank uh, Cat6DS, who gave us a five-star review, a good friend of the podcast. Excellent. For a long time. He says, no, really, it could be a lot worse. That was the entire review. That's nice. And then uh, – I mean, mean, that's factual. It is factual. Like, seriously, it could be a lot worse. And uh, he's definitely heard a lot worse podcasts from us, so that's uh, that's good. And then uh, we got a review on Groundhog Day from Ob Devin. Thanks, guys, for a great show. We're always looking forward to the next episode and tips on what not to bring to the podium. Which gets me thinking: the the, the pronoun used here was "we," so that means that this person yeah. is listening with multiple people with with child, maybe. <laughs> Can you bring it? You can bring a child to the podium. Approve of that. That's true. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they maybe they stream this in the coffee shop or or uh, you know the office. Ooh, can you imagine listening to this in a coffee shop while you're like ordering your, you know, your single origin pour over? I don't drink, I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Pour over. Yeah. I know you don't. Yeah, I'm struggling there. Thanks for the veil. Yeah. All right. So, um, Spencer. Oh, oh wait, wait, sir. Wait, oh, sorry. whoa, whoa, wait. 
<laughs> I forgot. I had a writer union joke, and I totally forgot to tell it. Okay, where, how do you want the lead-in in this little guy? Like, I don't even I don't even know how to do it properly because the news desk oh. sent it over to me, um, so I'm totally gonna mess it up. But the uh, the writers, you know, they they were gonna join in union, right? You guys you guys know that, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard about yeah, it. So. Yeah, so uh, they were gonna initially they were gonna join the uh, the steel union, but uh, they weren't allowed to anymore because they all ride carbon bikes. Oh, that wasn't bad. I, I didn't I didn't play it well. The, you know, you can see Man. the angle, the steel with the with the they used to ride. So, or like the riders used to be in the steel workers union, but no more. <laughs> All right, that's much yeah, better. Yeah. Okay, well, little guy, we'll work on this next time. Uh, we'll work on okay, this. Wait, yeah. I got, yeah. wait, wait, I got one more joke. Hey, little guy, did you hear about these rider unions and how everything was oh, going uh, for the riders? I did. You know, they they used to have a union back in the nineties. They were in the steel <laughs> union, but then they got kicked out. This is getting worse. Wait, 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 wait. I got. Why did they get kicked out? Why did they get kicked out? All the teams switched to aluminum and carbon bikes. Yeah, but they wouldn't have just lost their jobs. No, they just got kicked out of the union. They joined the carbon aluminum union. (laughs) I I didn't know if that's a union or if that's a bonded. Oh. All right, I don't know how you're going to edit but, but this guys, in, but it's got to be. Guys, seriously, did you guys hear about the circus fire? <laughs> oh, no. I, no. It was, it, was, it was intense. Oh, yeah. Ah. Okay. So, um, Spencer, I, wait, I have in. another joke. It's deleted. <laughs> Go ahead, little guy. Yes, little guy, please. Did you hear, little guy, did you hear about uh, the riders' union? <laughs> about that. <laughs> My other joke was this, I was just going to say, What's what's the deal with chain ring bolts? They're always falling out. That's only true for you. I lost another chain ring bolt. I know I lost another chain ring bolt. I just wanted everybody to hear that that I lost another chain ring bolt. So um, that was a very Seinfeld joke, little guy. That's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a Seinfeld joke. It's pretty good. The deal. Good job. Okay, we can. He had a bike. Where's the bike hanging on his wall? That was a it was a Klein. It was a Klein. Was it a Klein? Oh my god! It was a mantra for a while. It was a Klein, and then it went away to another brand, and then enough people complained, and it went back to Klein later in career. People actually complained. That's exciting. Yeah, I think people were like, "Where's the?" Or Klein started paying money. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. When Trek took over. Yeah, I'm sure. um, Spencer, you created. I don't want to say a firestorm or anything. You just had a really good post the other day. About re- re- when requesting sponsorships, don't let this be you. And then you posted a picture, and that picture said, mm. to, to the team at XXXXX as a placeholder, it said, Our club looks like a bike polo team from a certain southern state. E- e- it's true, yeah. I uh, blacked we'll that host- out, yep. We'll be hosting the second annual bike polo tournament on you know 2015, and it said, this will bring world-class players from all over the South Central region. And said, we expect tons of bicycle attendants to enthusiasts to attend, and we wanted to give you the opportunity to show off how awesome XXXXX is. They forgot to go back into the form letter and change the name. This is really good, solid gold. So, it yeah. is. This is a um, this is a real letter that I got in my email box at work. Um, you know, to sponsor a bike event and uh i 
it went straight to the trash. It went straight to the trash. Uh, you can't, uh, you just can't do that. I get it. Like every sponsorship request is probably a form letter, but I mean, come on guys, a little bit of cut and paste. Never hurt anybody. But the best response I saw was from Adam Meyerson who tweeted at Spencer Howe. What if my business name is actually XXXXX? Really? Well, then it wouldn't be funny. Super straight of business. Yeah. Yeah, Double straight straight of business. Um, But this did lead to the actual um, question from at T. He, who says, uh, serious question. What might a fairly new team's pitch look like? Would the slow ride pod care to chime in? I think that that's actually a really good question. We have experience in uh, creating teams and building teams. And I think a lot of people need to know what companies are expecting out of sponsorships. So um, I have some some recommendations. I think you should lie. Lie. (laughs) You should inflate your numbers. Because there's no other reason they should sponsor you. Gotta you know, lie. One of the keys uh, to any sponsorship proposal would definitely be proofreading your uh, cover letter. But also yeah, really just be good. Uh, trying to provide the most value. And Spencer, you had a really good one. And I hope this isn't stealing your uh, thunder. But you did mention the idea about the actual kit design in the long, you know, making the kit uh, last at least two years. So you yeah. can sell the sponsorship um, for a while, right? That's pretty much the best thing that I learned uh, starting our team uh, and running it for seven or eight years was redesigning the kit and redoing logos and refinding sponsors every year was the biggest time suck and stress uh, on the team management. You know, so locking those sponsors down for two years, um, it is no skin off their back. You know, if they're already signing up, and it just saves your design time. It saves your you know your members from having to buy totally new kits every year. It's it's the best move you can make um, to really reduce some headaches. And I'm personally a big fan of teams that don't have a ton of sponsors. I like the minimal the minimal approach of going after sponsors. Maybe only getting three or four. Try to get some cash sponsors. Put them on the jersey. But as far as product donation or anything like that, oftentimes those uh, companies within the industry I found don't even care if they're on the jersey or not. It's all about just getting the riders to wear the product. And to get it out there. So if you get like a helmet company that's going to sponsor you, they just want everybody wearing the helmets and telling everybody how awesome they are. They don't need to be hashtagged to death on the right. Twitter. You know, just a thank you here and there. That's really what it comes down to. But also just being responsible team, uh, a team that is putting on events is very helpful and a team that is known for a good attitude. You don't want to be the team that's kind of the, uh, the grumpy McGrumpersons that's not waving at people. You want to be the fun guys and girls that are out there having fun. Can I say something? Speaking of waving, I've been on like five rides going down like the river bottoms on my bike this year. I have gotten like one wave. There are a bunch of grumpy jerks out there this time of year. I've seen a lot of people, nothing, nothing. They all put their head up. We're the only two people in the woods. There's nobody else here. You have to know I'm here. Yeah, I'm going, hello, hello, nothing. So, uh, I don't know what Spencer, it is. 2015 is not a good year for the wave so far. It's kind of well, sad. Not yet, but it is a little cold. You know, maybe people got their mittens on and they don't want to take or they don't want to take their hands out of their bar. Mitts. Oh, you know, maybe they had the bar mitts. You know, that that might be right. The Can hands come crazy? out of those, uh, though. I know they do, but you know, maybe the hand was naked in the bar mitt and they didn't want to bring the naked hand out. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. They're probably jerks. But anyway, anyway, if you but, see me, uh, wave at me. 
Waving is I important. do, little guy. I always do. What else do you have, uh, Spencer, as far as sponsorship uh, techniques? As far as sponsorship stuff, you know, like uh, I've, I've been I've been with a few different uh, companies, and and every single one of them in the bike industry has gotten these requests. And uh, the biggest thing that I can give you, as far as a tip, um, is do a lot of social media, do a lot of Instagramming. You know, you don't need to hashtag to death, but show the love. You know, and then make sure that we see that love. You know what I mean? Because so much of so much of it is. You send stuff out and or you send out a discount and you just never hear from this team again until the next year they're asking you for more stuff. And so, man, just uh, an email every three, four months, just being like, hey, we still love the product is great. Here's a quick story, you know, a paragraph about this race we did or this event we did. And, um, you know, that goes a long, long way. Um, and most people don't do it. So if you're the guys doing it, you're going to jump to the front of the pack. You're going to be the first people to get the newest cool sh- stuff. Um, <clears throat> Joshua Gorman, JM Gorman uh, tweeted at the slow ride pod. You guys need better audience research. We're waiting for a middling cat three sponsorship guide. So do we have any tech <laughs> tips for a middling cat three uh, amateur team? And little guy in particular, what, what are you looking for when you were a cat three, <laughs> when you were a sponsor? Like what, what really got you over to the top? When I was a sponsor or when I was a cat three, I was happy that anyone would give me anything. I would, I'd say a cliff bar and maybe five bucks. I'd be pretty happy as a cat three. That's probably about all you deserve. I I don't know. And I think you're bringing up a good point. A lot of people think they're worth a lot to these companies, but you're really not. Sorry. I mean, I I wish Mm -mm, we could all sponsor, but really at the end of the day, you should be buying the product. I can can sum this up. I can sum this up. Yeah, like getting a discount on something is a great deal. And uh, if you're if you're a Cat 3, that's all you should. You shouldn't be getting anything for free, so don't expect it. You're not that good. Um, I'm sorry to burst the bubble. I've been there. I know I'm not that good. Um, you know, like I've had. I'm, I'm still there. I've, I've got, I've got, yeah. I, I have a story of a, of a really, really good Cat 1 racer uh, who was a friend of mine. Um, who raced professionally for uh, a domestic elite team here, like an actual, you know, UCI Continental Pro team, um, got paid, you know, was a legit pro. The team dissolved at the end of the year. He was looking for another team. Um, I uh, I put some feelers out for him. um, And the pro team that I I talked to for him uh, to try and put in a good word was like, yeah, we know him. He's a good dude, rides, you know, well. But there's a hundred AM out there. We need we need somebody even better. And you know when Cat One UCI Continental Pro guys can't get contracts these days, your elite elite Cat Three team doesn't mean a whole lot, you know. <laughs> so I would uh, I would utilize your resources within the team, man. Like design some cool kits, sell some merch, generate your own income. Nobody's gonna give you any money. I mean, all good points, <clears throat> and I think that that's the uh, the key to you know, money is the hardest thing to come by for a sponsorship. So if you can ever find like, I would start small, maybe a smaller company like the local bar. See if you can get like five hundred bucks out of them. Uh, yeah, just like I'm just spitballing here. I'm totally spitball. Maybe like a bar, like a coffee <laughs> shop, and maybe like um, if anyone in the family runs like a blowjob research corporation, I'd throw yeah. that on the kitchen. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was BJ Research. <laughs> it was BJ Research. <laughs> it was the most awkward conversation I've ever had to have with, uh, <laughs> with my father. To be like, hey, can you change the name of your company from BJ Research to WBJ Research? God. Yeah. I, you know what? You probably helped his business so much more than anyone else had ever helped his business. The sponsorship on the jerseys didn't do anything but the fact that no longer <laughs> were the wrong people finding his website. <laughs> I think really made a difference. And see, that's the sort yeah, of thing you need sir. to bring to a sponsorship deal with whoever you get. That's you true. need to bring them that sort of sort of insight into their brand, into what they're trying to sell. Yeah. If they're not well, selling just... actual BJ's, no BJ. He actually listens to the podcast too, so this is going to be even more awkward. So um, you can't edit anyways, that. I do want to. Uh, I do want to – there's two other pieces of news that we should get to. Um, there's a new hour record winner. Spencer, you can go away for about 20 seconds. Oh, uh, Rohan, no, I got, I got something Rohan, to say about this. Is it Denny? Rohan Denny or is it Rohan Dennis? We're just going to let you struggle with that. Rohan um, Denny yeah, I heard, uh, took the win. Took the record. I heard about this. I heard about this UCI hour record attempt, and you know what? I'm not interested. But I am interested in Jack Bowbridge's attempt. Can we talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so because he uh, failed. Jack Bowbridge of Team Budget Forklift, a great team name. Uh, that's maybe maybe if you're looking for a sponsorship for your Cat Three team, go down to the local warehouse and uh, see if maybe some uh, forklifts are around and they can buy you some cash. But yeah, Team Budget Forklifts Jack Bowbridge went out hot and he failed by about two laps, <laughs> half a kilometer. Yep. That's exciting. I think that's way more exciting than somebody <laughs> breaking it because you pretty much every single time somebody attempts the, the hour record, they break it. And it's just like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm going to try it. Oh, I broke it because it's so scientific and it's so like down to the laps and down to the watts and down to everything. Like they know they, they, know they can do it. They're not going to try it if they can't. And he screwed it up. Whoa. He should have been able to do it, that, but he screwed it up. You think, and that's you exciting because he, he wasn't he wasn't being scientific enough. He didn't have the he didn't have the the big was, team yeah. budget behind him to have a bunch of sports scientists there like fine tuning it, you know, yeah. as opposed the, to like the dude Denise Denise had BMC behind him. Right, the dude in turn one, like with the stopwatch, yelling his splits, like didn't yell out enough, like "Whoa, slow down, dude! Like, what are you doing?" Because he <laughs> went like. Shit. Yep. He went way too hot. And if you look at his lap times, it's, they're all over the place. They're definitely all, they're over, the all place. over the place. But he could break yeah, it. He, he, he should do it again because he could break it. He was he pretty close for riding well. so erratically. You do He's have, just got to um, get it done before Wiggins tries because no one's going to beat that dude. I don't know. I think this Alec Dowsett guy of uh, Movie Star has a chance. Uh, no he shot. is the 10-mile yeah. record holder in uh, Britain, and he has beaten uh, uh, Bradley Wiggins' uh, records there. So uh, and then the other thing is Tour of Qatar, or Qatar, pronounced both ways, I have learned, uh, <laughs> is going on right now. Lots of crosswinds. Today there was a giant sandstorm. Not the song, just an actual sandstorm. And um, Alexander Kristoff Kristoff won today's stage, uh, last year's uh, Milan San Remo winner. And, yes, uh, yes. Did you see the photo, uh, the finish line photo of Kristoff winning? 
No, I did not. It's remarkable. It's amazing. <laughs> it is the best photo of Kristoff I've ever seen because his arrow helmet is on straight. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's impressive. It's so and good. I'm really Christoph, proud of that guy. Kristoff brought the Norwegian Thunder for the win and then of course JJ Rojas won yesterday. But the big news out of Tour uh Qatar besides the crosswind sandstorm is that they're actually hosting the UCI world championships in the year 2016. So after Richmond, Virginia, this fall, and the news was that they're, they're going to actually host the championship in October and not in September. So it's actually going to be delayed a month from its traditional date in September. So it's almost going so, into cross season. Almost just crazy. Is October is cross season. Yeah. It's, it's it doesn't you know what it doesn't i was upset about this you told me this and i was upset and i was i'm realizing now let's talk about it again i don't care because it's going to be a, a world championships for the sprinters and i don't care yeah like what it, it, it's going to be Kristoff and rojas and cavendish all just riding around for four hours just to sprint for 200 200 like meters like or in front yeah of no and kill. i mean Let's also look at yeah. these races, like Tour of you Qatar. Guys, if, has never if had Viviani wins, whatsoever. yeah, no, it's true. If Viviani wins the World Championships, you guys are gonna have to do something funny on the podcast for me. All right, guys, we're almost at the end, but let's get to uh, our favorite tweets of the week. I'll start off with um, the tweet from at Colin Hurley, who says, "In the paper today, I now know what a brevet is only because I listened." to at the slow ride pod last week. And then it's a picture of the Orlando Sentinel where they're talking about brevet, brevet racing and riding. So thanks. <laughs> MM Ra- <laughs> brevet, riding. brevet racing. I know. Yeah. Thanks. MM racing. Uh, All was, right. Uh, Spen- uh, little guy, what was your favorite tweet of the week? Um, I don't have a favorite tweet. It's, it's a story that would just, it's too hard. Spencer, what's your favorite tweet of the week? Is it, is it more than 140 characters? Little guy. It's a it's a long story. I don't I don't I can't find it, and I don't know. And <laughs> Sum it up. I just Sum it up. I we just know. I just tweeted. I just tweeted uh, biscuits. That was my favorite tweet. Okay. Of the week. All right. All right. Very good. So Spencer, what's your um, favorite tweet of the week? I I really enjoyed the uh, um, a tweet earlier this week from at Velo Spence, who uh, shares one of the world's greatest names, actually, with uh, yours truly. <laughs> And uh, at Velospence says, after listening to last week's The Slow Ride Pod, I refollowed Results Boy. Uh, so thank you. You're welcome. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride Pod.